So welcome, everybody. Uh, just wanted to introduce you to uh, our newest guest. This is Lee Fuller with Real Artist Stories, where we uh, talk to artists in a, in a kind of a real way. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to send to us uh, to ask any of these artists, make sure that you uh, send them to us at realartiststories at gmail.com. And of course, now we're on virtually every podcast uh, uh, platform that there is, including we just added uh, Google Podcasts. So now we're we're in all the big guys. So you can find us anywhere you like. But now we have a really special guest, somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a while. And I know, uh, Robert, you and I have known each other um, for, for quite a bit. And I, I don't know on Facebook, and I know we've, we've done some shows and things together um, through some of the bookings that we've done. But uh, this is Robert Sarzo. And for those of you that don't know Robert, I'm going to ask him to give us a little background about him. But he's currently uh, in, uh, and you've kind of revived the, the, new, the, the band Hurricane, which has been around for years, uh, years and years. And uh, he comes from a very musical family. His brother Rudy is a musician as well. Um, and Robert is a guitarist who is amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen him, you need to because it's just incredible. He's done a great job. And, you know, I, I guess the the first question I'm going to ask you, uh, Robert, is how did you get the nickname the Voodoo Man? I know that uh, that that's always been kind of your moniker. So how did you get that name? Where, where did that come from? That actually started from my roots, uh, being born in Havana, Cuba, and Cuba, oh, well, I can't say always, but um, it did uh, practice uh, what was called what is called Lokumi, which is an Afro-Cuban religion that was blended into the music and also into the culture of Cuba. It's called uh, Santeria. Some people call it Voodoo, and it's just a very uh, spiritual way of living, connecting, you know, with the spiritual world and. I do that through music, so it was just one of those uh, forces of energy that I uh, got to recognize at a young age, and you can just tap into it, and it's basically, you know, white is what I get into. I, I, I just like to keep it pure and, and loving, a lot of love, a lot of passion, and uh, so it was changed from regular uh, Santero Voodoo to just Voodoo V U D U. So, uh, but that actually uh, started being more recognized and more open during my uh, uh, couple of years that I uh, was performing with Jeff Day with Queensrÿche. Right. And uh, because I was wearing that hat, so it became very obvious <laughs> that I always felt that energy. You know, since I was a young boy. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see that picture in our, in our, uh, promos for, uh, this podcast, we'll be putting up a picture of Robert and you'll see the hat that he's, he's notorious for, for wearing He's famous for, for, uh, his hat. They're, they're awesome. So, so that, yeah, that I, I like, I, I like to meditate before I go on. I like to get deep into my thoughts and my soul. And, uh, that way I can feel 
um, the presence of the moment of the stage. You know, mm -hmm. the stage is a uh, a place that we need to respect, especially uh, stages that have yeah. had performances of um, of other uh, legends. Um, uh, you know, when you play on a stage that Led Zeppelin had played before, right. and The Who, back in the day, and mm -hmm. you're going to be taking that stage, that, that's, I see it like an altar. I mean, that, that's something that, that was magical and spiritual at that moment, even though it was in the 60s or the 70s or, mm -hmm. or in, the, in the future to come from now. So we have to respect the, the presence of that. Uh, stage. And, well, I think, uh, you know, that's a, a really great uh, segue into another question that I was going to ask you about. And, you know, uh, people who know Robert will will know uh, that, that Robert likes to truly connect with his music, not just, he's not up there just playing notes that he remembers. He literally puts himself on the stage in a way that, that connects with the music itself. And, and I think that, I think that's clear to the audience that watches you because they know you're you're not just up there doing your nine to five job that you know just because you know how to play guitar and you know how to play it well. You're doing it because you really love it and you you connect to it. So that's that's uh, something that I've noticed anyway about you. But let me uh, let me kind of segue that into uh, and I've asked this question of other artists before and I think it's I think it's a good um, a good way to to, to kind of know how you feel about where you performed and so my question would be if there's any one place where you i mean is there a stage is there a place uh that you performed where you've just been completely awestruck where you you've been shocked and amazed that you're actually there you'd mentioned being on a stage where led zeppelin has played you know and it's almost a it's almost a mecca you know for for artists but is there a place that you just kind of went oh my gosh i'm actually here I'm actually performing here. You know, it, it, does that ever hit you at any time? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, I remember specifically one of them. And that was in New York City, uh, Radio City Music Hall. And oh, yeah, I'm in the dressing yeah. room, and there's Santa Claus uh, chair, and Santa gets ready backstage. <laughs> and being at this location, which this magical it's great at radio city music hall i mean it's iconic right uh i saw the raquettes there my mom and dad took us to see um the raquettes back in the i mean i was really young and, and i think it was in the 60s yeah it had to be in the 60s and sitting in that theater i, I was just amazed how what a wonderful place that was and mm -hmm. watching you know the show i mean that's a very famous show right uh, and then being on stage and performing to a sold out audience we hurricane back in the 80s yeah i'll never forget that wow yeah that <laughs> that has to be when you just kind of you have that magic moment where you go oh my gosh i i i'm i'm actually performing somewhere that you know to me was a a huge thing uh you know back in my early days um you know, and, 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 I, and another thing, yeah. Uh, sorry no, to go interrupt ahead. you, Lee. I got to add to that. That stage is actually is a uh, platform that it uh, is hydraulic, right? So right, it'll right. lift and drop. And that technology was very hush hush when they first installed it because that was back during the war. They used that in the uh, battleships. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what I read. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm learning all these things as I'm walking around. Every time I play to venues, let's say theaters, any, especially an old venue, I like to go around the basement. I like to really go around and, right. and check out, feel the vibe. I know of the that's walls. what I do too. I do. I do the yeah. same thing. I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the first great. time I ever played on the Hollywood Bowl stage, and and um, and I I have promoted a lot of events there, but the first time I ever played there, I was backlined for a, a band at the time, and and uh, and you know that that's history. And I I and, and I tell this story in another episode that I've done, but. Um, but I come from, uh, I grew up in the industry. I grew up in the entertainment industry. My great grandfather was one of the original charter members of the IATSE stagehands union back in the, in the early 1900s. And so, you know, I've been to all of these iconic places and I've, I've either performed or promoted or, you know, toured and, Mm -hmm. you know, been, been involved with productions at at some of these places. And, and it's, you're right. I mean, it's so amazing to go almost into the catacombs of where these, you know, iconic places have, have had and, and probably still have these ghosts walking around in these hallways that are of iconic superstars that, you know, are, are, are of our early age. And it's just a, it's a weird, but amazing feeling to, to go through that. It's, oh, it's incredible. It's, it's great that you, you, yeah, you acknowledge that and you can feel it. You can feel oh, yeah. that energy. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely If can. you don't you have to open up to it. Don't ignore it, but it's there. Right. It's definitely there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, wow. it's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, we could, we could sit and share start this, but this isn't about me. This is, this is about Robert Sarzo. It's not, <laughs> not about Lee. I want to know more. I, I don't want to make it the Lee Fuller show. You. you, you can interview me at some point in time and I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> or we'll just okay. go sit in the, right. go sit in a well, coffee shop and talk about it. It doesn't matter. But well, I've, I've had my own, uh, voodoo, um, voodoo, uh, what is it? Radio show. Actually, it's a podcast. It's out there. You can still listen to it. And I have an uh, interview uh, a lot of my uh, great, famous friends. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, you know, under this, radio. this, this, and I would love to. I'll, I'll look that up. I'll go look at it. And if I can find it, I'll link it in the description, too, so others can, can find it. Um, but, I, you know, the, this, this podcast is not about, um, I mean, I could play you music you know, from hurricane, which I probably, I, I probably will. And I, I was going to ask you this question, but and I will in a second, but um, I probably will, you know, play something just so that people have a reference to what you've done. But this podcast is not about, you know, um, playing the music that you played or, or, or things that other people have done, you know, on stage, because people know that what I want to know is the backstory. And, you know, so I, I want to talk to the artist and really learn about the artist, not, not so much, all the stuff that, that, uh, we know you've done. Right. Um, so, you know that, but, but it's great. I mean, obviously we need to, to talk about that because we need to, to give a reference to our, our listeners cause they may not know who you are or what you've done. Um, but, but this is really a lot more about, you know, the, the deeper part. And that, that's why telling the story about, you know, going, going and wandering around the halls of these venues is just, you know, that that's something that I, I, I think, 99.9% of our listeners would never be able to experience. And it's great to be able to hear that about somebody really truly connecting with their music and, and not only just their music, but where they're actually performing that music. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um, but the question, and, and by the way, uh, happy almost birthday. Cause I, oh, thank I, you. I, I realize, yeah. So at the time that we're recording, this, this is October 1st that we're recording this, uh, uh, Robert's birthday is on October 6th. Uh, he's going to be 20 years old. 
and uh, he's he's going to be. Uh, um, aren't you doing? Aren't you doing a? I know you're. We were talking, and you're doing a recording right now in your studio uh, for a new Hurricane album, right? So this is going to be a great birthday month for you. Yeah, well, you know, October is always about rock, and I celebrate the whole month. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, oh, and then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and I mean, and then New Year's, and I mean, yeah. So from October on, it's kind of like party time, right? Yep. You get to work uh, during the summer, you do your tours, and and then uh, you party. Yeah, it's about family and hanging out with your loved ones, and you know, yeah, uh, and, and your pets. I love my pets. It's so, the beginning, uh, but that's every day. Beginning of the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> beginning yeah, of the true yeah, holidays. Right. I love Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's but, my favorite. Uh, I, I just uh, produced uh, five tracks, uh, the vocals, our new vocalist, Dan uh, Schumann, and um, that's for Hurricane. He's a fabulous, fabulous uh, vocalist. Uh, you probably already have seen him at the M3 Festival mm-hmm. and at the uh, September, uh, Rocktember that we did on 9-11 in Minnesota mm. at the Hinkley uh, Casino. And... Um, I'll tell you, it's a pleasure working with him. He's very professional. Uh, he knows how to use his voice really well, very well trained. He was uh, classically trained also. Oh, yeah. Um, so we did five songs, uh, which is actually, I think we're going to, uh, instead of releasing 11 songs like back in the day when, you know, people we used to release out full albums. Uh, I think it's more fun to release, uh, let's say, a single and then release, you know, the the EP, which is actually that's what Hurricane did at the beginning. So maybe we were ahead of our times, right? Uh, yeah. But we we had that um, uh, take what you want. That was an EP. So oh really? I, I didn't think know it's that. an extra bonus. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, an EP. I call it a six-pack. That's what we called it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there was an extra bonus, uh, La Luna, which is a classical piece that I did, solo piece. And uh, that was also uh, added on in Japan when they released a record over there. But th- that's our uh, plan. So now we have um, Andy uh, Zuckerman, a uh, great uh, fellow to be you know, having our team. He's going to be mixing it with us, and uh, we're going to start um, releasing. I uh, got to talk to our management, see uh, how they want to go about it. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's always got to be a, a little strategy. You know, with different things change every day. Uh, now, you know, with digital, how you want to release it. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, you come from an old school um, type of of rock musician era, where you know it, it was all about pressing the the vinyl and now of course we don't do that anymore so you know that, that's that's probably another great great question how do, do, do you feel like like well I, i'm sure that the creation of the music itself is very similar to where to the way it's always been in in terms of you know coming up with the, the music and producing the music but but now releasing do you find that do you find it does it feel harder to you or different well, in some way that's that's interesting well, yes, yeah, it's, it's always changing. It's evolving. Um, you know, when hurricanes started, which was Tony and I, we would get together and we would write together, and then we would write separately, and then we would share our thoughts and information, and from there we let the song blossom, and then you know we would bring in also uh, um, 
the the lyrics and the and the melodies will always be attached to the uh, the actual rhythm and structure of the song. Mm -hmm. For example, when we first wrote the song Hurricane, Tony and I wrote that. Um, we didn't even have the full band yet. So I brought my four-track TX A334S with a big inch oh reel. Oh, my gosh. I ten inch, those. I think they were. <laughs> so, yeah. So we started just writing the... Uh, I had an idea for the rhythm part, and then he had an idea for other parts of the songs, and, and then we came up with the melody to get... We did this totally together, and we wrote the lyrics together. So mm -hmm. when Tony and I get together, that's a really true seed of the band Hurricane. That's the sound. That's the sound of Hurricane. When Tony and I combined, <clears throat> and and now Mike Hansen has been with us for over 10 years, so that, that's also part of our Well, Michael, Michael O'Hara is still with you, too, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, we've been playing for a long time, Mike Hansen. I mean, yeah. we tour opening up for, uh, when I was out with Queenstrike, with Jeff Tay, we did about a month worth of uh, touring together also, so... Yeah. With Tony, me and Mike, different singers, but um, we we really feel that we now have the singer that fits that piece of the puzzle. Right. Yeah. He has the uh, the range, and you know he has that uh, the voice, the sound, and uh, so yeah, we, we we're really excited to be now. We're going to go mix it. I just finished doing the vocals with him a couple a day ago, so now we're going to mix it and we're going to see what we want to do with it we have uh, a lot of different options that we can take but uh everybody's going to get through here and we got a bunch of other songs also to finish recording that's, but that's going exciting. back to what you were asking me about the, what's the difference you know that you write the material so we're basically doing the same thing and when COVID hit us all and we had to kind of refrain ourselves from getting together with other people right, in rooms right, right. we continue doing what we do but we're so lucky that we have skype zoom we can digitally um uh record things and share it with each other it's all technology so now the drums are being recorded from mike's house uh outside of chicago and then oh, really? tony's in marietta california i'm here in los angeles so let's say i'll start the session and then i'll send it to tony and then he sends mike back he sends me the bass track and then i'll edit it and then I'll add more guitars and then I'll send that project um, to our engineer uh, Andy Zuckerman which is also uh, co-producing this project and then he sends it to the drummer the drummer puts his drums he sends it back to me and that's that's how we we're doing it but it's it's not hard I mean it's well just, you know uh, that it, it's I, that that harkens back a little bit to um, when Michael Jackson had uh, had given all his tapes uh, to um, Eddie Van Halen to do the the lead uh, on one of his songs that you know is beat it you know which is is huge yeah um, yeah you know but, but now in digital in the digital world having the ability to just transfer files back and forth is is amazing so I guess that I get I, I was saying that the the creation of the song is probably very similar to the way it used to be, but I guess it's really not. I mean, now you have the ability to, to kind of spread your wings a little bit and do different things and try different things without destroying anything that, that you've had. Because back in the day, I mean, I worked in, when I was an audio engineer uh, back in my, my late, late teens, early 20s, uh, I worked at a studio where they had a Son of 56 Audiotronics 
you know, Sun of 56 grand Audiotronics board, which is all analog. Um, you know, and we had the TAC, you know, reel to reel tape decks. And the way you edited was you cut and spliced with tape. So, you know, I mean, unless you're overdubbing, you cut and splice with tape. And now it's such a different world in, in the way we do it. I didn't realize you had mentioned something. I didn't realize Tony lives right down here by me. I live in Temecula, so he's he's uh, not not far from me in Murrieta. So I didn't realize that Tony was so close. So now you you have yourself. You have Tony Cavazzo. You've got Mike Hansen. You've got Michael Amara, um, who who are playing. Do you and do you have anybody else that's gonna maybe gonna be guest appearing on your your new albums or on your new songs? No, because if we do it, then it won't be the sound of Hurricane anymore. Ah, okay, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, that, so that makes sense. So we want to keep it. Yeah, we want to keep it as pure as possible. So, and that's what we're doing. Um, you know, another thing also I want to add to about digital recording the way I'm doing it now is that I have no pressure of time. You see, I live in a boat, uh, right. a good sized boat, and I have my recording facilities in here with the uh, the latest version of Pro Tools. So, right. I have. All the gear that can be in any other studio other than outboard gear because I'm not mixing. I don't need that. Right, right, right. Um, so just the vibrations of being in the ocean and not having to look at my clock and go, oh, geez, i got to be done with this part of the song because now we're paying so many hundreds of dollars right, an hour. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, I used to have a recording studio. Uh, and uh, You had, you and had one in Sherman feeling. Oaks, right? Didn't you? Yeah, that was in Sherman Oaks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And actually, one of the songs, some of the, one of the songs that's going to be in the new record, that goes back to then. Uh, we recorded that uh, in that room. So, and then we, I think we redid the drums. I think that's what it was. But all the guitars and the bass, uh, they were all done in that place. That's where that session started from. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, you, you got to remember back even in the 60s in Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin, when they were on tour, they would go into different recording studios right. in different cities. Yeah. All they had to do was carry their master, right. uh, which is the big, you know, two-inch tape for the, for the listeners that don't yeah. know. But that <laughs> don't, is, re- don't remember there was a big 10-inch reel-to-reel that was a yeah. two-inch, two-inch thick, you know, Ampex, you know, tape. Uh, that's the way it was recorded. It wasn't done. I mean, it, it was magnetic, but it wasn't. It wasn't digital in the sense that it was yeah, digitally recorded. So. Yeah. So they carry that, and then they go into the next studio, and they, they pop that on the machine. And so it's basically we're doing the same thing. Um, it, it, you know, it's all about the songs. I, I, I'm not into using techniques uh, that. Uh, uh, you can have reproduce on stage because I don't right. like using tracks on stage. Right, Good for you. Hurricane. Good for you. Oh no, <laughs> and I'm still using analog amplifiers. Oh, you know, I, yeah. I I see all these other options that you know you can play digital through in ears and yeah, and you know, and then going back to the spiritual sense of being on stage and getting into that trance, you gotta hear the vibrations of your amplifiers right. coming, the sound coming out of your speakers. Nothing like Come a tube. On, if you got any, no, yeah. the tubes and also the harmonics that comes out of those four twelve cabinets or two twelve, and it's just the vibrations of hearing the massive bass. I have Tony's amplifier on my side and his side. I have my amplifiers on my side and his side. So anywhere that you're in around that stage, you're in the audience, you're going to feel the mm. same vibrations all over. Yeah. So I see all these other bands nowadays are adapting to the easier route, which is, yeah, I just play straight through the in-ears and, you right. know, it's like, no, 
No, I, I really will stay away from that. So I bring my uh, my gear, and I'll use their speakers when I do festivals. But uh, that's all analog, pretty right. much all analog. The, there's nothing like that. Stage. That true true sound of you know my I, when I use my ACs when I I play good play guitar. There's there's nothing nothing like those ACs. There's it's it's just a it's a people don't realize you know yes you can. You've got this uh, computer capability of, of tweaking your sound to be whatever you want uh, when you're recording, but that's a whole different world. And you brought this up, uh, Robert, that, that it's a whole different world when you're on stage reproducing that sound, you know, and if you record it and you make it all digitally, you know, adapted and, and mixed and changed, and then you go to play that on stage for your fans, you know, your fans are not going to hear the same thing that they heard on a recording that they fell in love with. And so if you're not true to that sound, people are going to hear it and, and it's, it, it, they're, they're just not going to get the same feel from it. And I think, you know, being, being a fan and being a musician as well, you know, over time I haven't played in years, but, but, you know, doing that, uh, I know that when I hear something and, and of course, you know, we love it when, when artists take a little bit of artistic license and kind of change things around a bit so that you're getting a unique, version of a song as opposed to just a, a, a note for note, you know, copy of, of what's on a recording. But if you can't reproduce that feeling on stage that you had in studio, then people are going to know they're, they're going to, they're going to be able to tell and they're, they're not going to, they're not going to respond well to that. I, I, at least I didn't, I, I never did. I always felt like, eh, nah, you're, you're trying to do it, but it isn't coming off the, the same way. So I'm glad to hear that you're sticking true to the to the technology that really works best and sounds best um, for, I, for your I, audience. I, I want my fans, my audience, to experience the same thing that I experienced when I saw exactly. all the great bands back in the day. I saw Hendrix when I was a really oh, wow. young yeah. man. I snuck into the venue. I probably didn't have the money. It was probably sold out. I was in Miami, uh, Miami Beach. Uh, I think it was the Marimba. Uh, Miami Beach Arena, 1968, I believe. So I took I took a bus there with my buddy, and uh, we snuck in. So wow. I had to see Hendrix, and, I'm, and that changed my vision of what you do with a guitar. And right. I like that that you know vibration that I felt being in that hall, hmm. him playing through all those Marshalls. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and just I felt the I, I felt the energy, yeah. and I felt the same energy when I saw Queen back in the day and the who and now the scooper back in the day so that's what i love oh vince so I, I have a I great wanna, great story that i'll tell you personally i want to give that same experience yeah, i want to no, share I, that same I, experience to other I agree. people yeah. you you mentioned alice cooper i have a great story about vince that that i'll i'll tell you off the air that that i'm not going to share with all the listeners here uh, only because it's it's a bit personal but it's a good story i think you'd appreciate um so let's go back to robert the artist and talk about let so when when do you remember first being bitten by the music bug what at what age what time how did that happen how did, how did you how did it how did that come about what made you decide i want to be a musician you know i kind of grew into it because my uh, aunt in cuba um she 
was a singer performer in the casinos and she took me at an early early age to a christmas party at one of the uh, stages of the uh, casino where she performed and they gave me gifts so that was kind of a very positive <laughs> thing it's like hey i like this place you know for christmas gifts yeah so she didn't have a child so she goes oh can i bring my nephew which you know it's my godmother right, and right. wonderful wonderful and uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I walked in there and I was like, wow, feel that air conditioning and it's dark and the walls are black and the ceilings and the stage lights and the stage. So I was blown away by that. And how old were you? When, how old were you at that point? I was probably four years old, oh, something okay. like that, okay. right. five years old. And, and then my uncle also was an opera singer. I would go and see him at his pad, you know, playing classical music, singing opera. And I love the classical music. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then, you know, we were, we're in New Jersey, uh, you know, a few years later, uh, when we got here uh, from Cuba, we left Cuba because of communism, right. and my brother and I were sitting in front of the TV, and we're watching the Ed Sullivan Show in New Jersey at a friend's house, uh, and we see the Beatles come on. Ah. And we reacted like, whoa, that's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're familiar with it, and, yeah. you know, probably like, oh, well, our uncle sings and plays, and this is what you do in America now. This is how you make a living, you know. Wow. So we kind of, you know, um, took that course, you know. You cho chose the it, profession you know? at that it, point. it was hard. Yeah, was you know, hard, and it's funny you know? because, the, you know, the the old song, you know, Money for Nothing uh, that, that everybody's heard before uh, a million times, it, it, that is so untrue. Um, it's not nothing. Yeah, but, but <laughs> it's I gotta fun. You, it's, I gotta tell you, yeah, I gotta tell you, Lee. Go ahead. We're Cubans. We're Cubans, so people don't see us as playing rock and roll. Right, right, right. Who in the hell? What was the other Cuban playing rock and roll back in the fifties? What Desi Arnaz? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. come on, that was uh, it. Was some rock and roll. roll. Yeah. So it was really challenging to kind of convince people that yeah we can do it and it wasn't really i for myself speaking until carlos uh, carlos santana mm -hmm. did the woodstock and blended the uh salsa music with rock and roll and blues right right and that's why i did a salute to santana that you experienced right yeah no i, I and I, I saw that show i i saw that I, show I, know. I think that was the first show that i ever saw of you personally live was was that show. so that was my way of telling carlos while he's here, breathing the same air as I am, saying, dude, you changed my life. Thank you. Because of you, it, it probably sped up the process and kept me focused that, yeah, I can also do stuff like Woodstock and, and play and be who I am and be accepted. So, so taking that to the next step, when did you... I, I, there's always that moment, I, I feel... For an artist, uh, and and I can only speak for myself as a musician uh, when I when I was playing, uh, but there's always that moment where you kind of go, "Oh my gosh, I'm good enough to do this. I can actually, I can hold my own. I can do this." Was there kind of that epiphany moment for you in your career where you kind of went, "Oh my god, I I I'm a pro. I can I can do this now." Was there that? Well, I think it was more. It, yeah, I think it was more like, oh, geez, I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Sure I am. Uh, there's different levels. There's different uh, platforms. I, I can call it. I guess. Right. Uh, there's you know when you're doing your 
your parties at uh you gotta remember i started playing out in, in events at 11 years old so they were different oh, like wow. okay I'm, I'm doing this i'm doing this dance party for this school i'm getting paid i already put the band together i named it i got my buddies playing you know in the band i was always kind of like the organizer putting things together right. and going out and looking for the work so um and that was a different stage. It's like, okay, I got a, you know, I got a uh, top forty band, and uh, but I always had a vision of being, you know, kind of like the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix. That's where I wanted to be, the mass mm -hmm. selling audience. I wanted to be part of that right. team. I wanted to be part of that. And so it, it took different stages, but you know, it's not easy. You, you have to. Do oh, things that sometimes you don't want to do, and you yeah. got to practice. When you got to practice, it's work. Yeah. But it's massive amount of work. It's twenty four seven. Yeah. Twenty four seven from the moment you get up, from the moment you you go to sleep, and then you're dreaming what you're going to be doing, mm -hmm. and that's what it takes yep. in anything. Sure. In anything that you want to succeed. So if you want to go to medical school, that's what you got to do. You got to do twenty four seven. You're reading. You're reading. You're studying. You're so intense about it. You have to mm -hmm. really feel what you're doing. So no different from music, but the only difference from music is it's not like you can do it and then you're going to be guaranteed. At least when you right. go to school and you get a degree, you know you're going to, you're going to somewhere you're going to land up a job. Even if you're going to um, get your medical doctor's degree, you're going to end up working in, in a hospital right. somewhere, somewhere, right? Right. Or uh, an attorney. Or an Most attorney, attorneys you're going to find jobs. a, yeah, you're going to find an, uh, some sort somewhere. of, yeah firm somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. in the music industry yeah good luck or being an actor yeah it doesn't happen like that you're taking a big risk so mm -hmm. um yeah so anyway it's just one of those things that so was your of, uh, was your family moments very supportive of you and rudy being musicians did they support you through uh, that yeah my, mom and dad oh yeah they let us rehearse at their plays they helped me buy my first les paul because I, I was short you know short I was working as a boss boy in a hotel in Miami, and, and I had, you know, Melody Maker. Okay, Gibson, which hotel? Which hotel? Tell us. I really wanted a Les Paul. <laughs> no, no, I, I believe yeah. they're amazing. No, but which which hotel did you work in when uh, you were bus The uh, Royal Palm Hotel. Okay. Royal Palm Hotel. Okay. I, I, I yeah, always like those little something. details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And check this out. So I went out and bought, uh, it was 14, 14 and a half, right? I'm in Miami. I get my driver's license taking a special course that I had to um, get a job bagger. I wanted uh, uh, supermarkets just so I can make enough money so I can make the hundred and something dollars that it cost me to go to a, a special driving at school so they will let me have my full driver's license of wow. 14 and a half. That's a lot of money back in those days. 14 and a half. Yeah, and about 14 and a half. No, I know. My, my dad, my my what father, I, and I'll just throw this in there. My father got his driver's license at 14 on the last day before they changed it to 16. So I, I know. Wow. That, that was a, yeah. probably the same thing. Yeah, yeah. What, what city was he in? Oh, he was in Orange Where County, California. State? Yeah, so he was, he was in okay, Santa Ana. So Anna, they were California. doing the same. Yeah. So I had a car, 1953 Chevy, that I bought from my uncle. And uh, the four-door, that thing was a tank, so it was a great learning uh, car because you can just hit things and then hurt you. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So exactly. I yeah. drove this thing. As long as you didn't hit anything inside. <laughs> as long as you didn't hit your head on the on the dashboard because it would crack your skull up. <laughs> oh, it was so big. But, yeah, no, no, of course, no seatbelt. But right. I used to drive that to my school at 14 and a half. I would park with the teacher. So oh, my gosh. That, you see, by me getting that quick check, I think it was quick check supermarket in Miami, I was able to get my driver's license, and then I got my car, and then from my car, I was able to drive to Fort Lauderdale and negotiate uh, contracts, bookings with the club owners over there at in fourteen, Fort at fifteen, probably F- 15, by then yeah. sixteen. Wow! Negotiating, I, I, I took a contract from somewhere that I got. And I copy that, and I change the dates, I change the event name, I change everything, and I would type it. You know, I am not a typist; I would just type with the two fingers. But I got it done, and then I would get a covered uh, paper and put it in there and give wow. it to them, and I'm signing it. And I think they were cracking up; they were laughing, uh, and they found it so <laughs> interesting that there's this little punk kid, yeah, this this kid, kid coming to them with a contract. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, and then and a briefcase, of course. But you know yeah. what? We became regulars. We, we became house band. I had a band that's called Ashes to Ashes. And uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was really uh, very glitter rock. It was great. We would get a lot of bookings in Fort Lauderdale. Um, the band was really avant-garde. Um, we, we were doing a lot of the old, you know, the old music. But yeah. we would take a song and then we were extended. Because we didn't know that many songs that we had to play from 9 to 4 in the morning. So you do a lot of jamming. Mm-hmm. And we had Dick Wagner come up and sit with us. Uh, that was the guy from Milo Scooper, Dick Wagner. Oh, he yeah. kind of became yeah. like a mentor yeah. because he was staying a lot. He would come from, I think, Detroit. A lot of the, uh, the rockers that were established as musicians would go to Florida during the winter yeah. to write and, yeah. uh, and hang out. And they would go to the flying machine. And uh, we will hang out over there and, and play. But, you know, these bands that I would put together, sometimes with my brother, sometimes without my brother, depends what he was doing. But we were working steady. We worked like seven days a week, five days a week, whatever we wanted. Yeah. We became house band. Yeah. House band over there. But we will have Alice Cooper in the audience. We will have, you name it. They were there. And sometimes uh, they would come up on stage and jam with us. So that was a great, you know, That's awesome. way of breaking away from the Latino rock more into the British rock, which is what I always loved. Right, right. Well, and you, you're uh, clearly, if you, and I, I think maybe I'll link to uh, in the description um, one of the original Hurricane um, videos, uh, that was glam rock. I mean, it was, I mean, the big hair, you know, the, the heavy-duty hard metal hitting, you know, uh, guitars, uh, real punchy um, uh, sound and, you know, the, the squealing, you know, incredibly powerful vocals. You know, that was a that was an interesting and, and, and I I can't wait, I guess, to, to really see the new uh, iteration of Hurricane because I know you and you're not a glam rock guy. I mean, you're not the big hair guy and, you know, that stuff. But but, you know, the music is is powerful stuff and it, it's not. Um, uh, kind of the boring, uh, you know, stuff that you hear, you know, every day from everybody else. This is always, you know, some really, really punchy uh, music. So I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to hear 
what's coming out of your new album. I think that's that's awesome. And, and speaking of that, and you were talking about uh, Vince. Uh, do you know Vince? Have you have you become friends with him? Alice Cooper. What's the last name? Uh, Vince Fournier. Alice Cooper. Everybody calls him Alice Cooper, but I call him Alice. Uh, yeah. No, no. We we were even though we did a cover of eighteen because right. Bob Bassman produced that, and I've met him in in different occasions. Uh, um, you know, you just if you don't like golfing, plus, then you're not gonna you're you know, not gonna like him very much. He loves to golf. <laughs> He's an avid I know. Golfer. <laughs> I, 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 I'd rather go to the shooting range, to be honest Oh, me with too. You. Me too. And uh, that, that to me is more relaxing just to hit the target right <laughs> where I wanted to hit. That's, yeah. I, that to me is – I tried golf because why not? All my other friends were playing golf. But yeah. no, I just – I'd rather play tennis. I yeah, like tennis. Yeah. It's more intense. Or baseball, you know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, I, I like that. that. All of a sudden, you got to run. You know, right, you right. Chase that ball. Right, so. right. Yeah. No, I got I got my nineteen eleven. I got I got my um carry SW. I've got, you what? know, all these different guns. So I'm 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 a big shooting fan as well. So I get I get it. I used to have a big collection. I had a big collection when uh when I when I had the house uh with yeah. Yeah with the big proper locking container, right? Know, big right. thing that's bolted. Yep. Uh the safe. So um Yep. But no, no, I enjoy the. Uh, it, it's a challenge. I, you know, I, I'm an animal activist. I don't hunt. I don't kill dogs. Yeah, I don't, or, yeah, I don't or not dogs or animals. I would say. I mean, I, I protect them actually. Yeah. Um, there's people that go out and uh, and I'm sorry that I said about the dogs. Uh, my dogs are listening. <laughs> <laughs> dogs, dogs probably looked <laughs> up at you. Went. But I don't hunt. <laughs> I'm not a hunter. I, I, no. don't, I don't kill animals. They. Uh, no, I I yeah, like I, I have before, this this. I rather cover them. Yeah, I I have this old feeling of you know, it, it, you you think you're a a great hunter and uh, an amazing human being if you can sit downrange three hundred yards from an animal that can't see you, can't smell you, doesn't know you're there, and you're using a high powered rifle and a high powered scope, and you shoot them in the head and kill them. That's murder. Like you want to impress me. Here's a knife. Go catch that lion. I'm sure he probably won't fight back. So go go catch that lion. And if you come out of that alive, you're a man. You're a hunter. That that's a hunter. But shooting something from a distance yeah. that can't see you, can't smell you, can't get away from you, doesn't even know you're there, and you shoot it and kill it. Yeah. To me, in my personal opinion, that's murder. So you know, the, I've seen these yeah. you know photographs know. On, online of these guys you know oh, s- sitting by their trophy kills of of a, a majestic lion. It's like yeah. you murdered this animal. I mean that that's just that's insane. It's ridiculous. I don't I don't understand it. But anyway, that's a I could go off on that's that not, topic forever. <laughs> that's not me too. Me too. Yeah. That's not a sport. No, it's not sport. That's that's a sport. It's it's murder. You want to make it a sport? You know, here's a knife. It's murder. Go catch, go catch that bear, go catch that that lion. You, you, if you can catch him and you can kill him with a knife, you're amazing. You're you're that's a hunter. That, Why not? That sport. You know. They don't have. 
Well, that's true. Like they don't even have a knife. That's true. Just bare hands. That's true. Yeah, yeah do it with your bare hands. Try that. Let's. I'm sure the. I'm yeah. sure the tiger. Kill that lion. The lion's not going to fight back. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Just get, just go fight it. Yeah, don't <laughs> worry like, about it. You don't idiot. Don't worry about it. Just go in there and see what happens. Yeah, what go for it. Yeah. Give it a shot. See see how that works that, out for you. See, and, and when you come back in little that's little a challenge. When yeah. you come back in little Ziploc bags uh, of of you know torn up pieces of meat, then we'll see yeah. who's the the real hunter. The the real. Uh, true hunter at, at that point, but anyway, you're uh, that again. I could I could go off on that tangent for forever. But speaking of um, yeah, speaking of too. family, uh, and you had mentioned uh, your you know your godmother taking you and, and all that. So tell us about your family. Um, I, I mean, I know Rudy is, is Rudy Sarzo is is uh, Robert's brother. He's been in in uh, many different bands and 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 is a, a fantastic musician in his own right. So. You know, tell us about your family. Tell you know where where you grew up, um, what your family life was like. Your your you know uh, your your life with your brother and and uh, did do you ever feel like uh, you and Rudy kind of competed in any way, or were you guys always kind of helping each other out, or you know? And I'm not trying to dig for dirt here. I'm just I'm just talking about general information. So how how was that growing up in in a household with another musician who's extremely talented? Well, when we were growing up, uh, we had different places that we were living at. So when we came to America in 61, and, um, and then we were here in Miami for a couple of years. When I meant here is because I put my mind to Miami, but I'm here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, then we went to Jersey. We came back. You know, mom and dad always uh, raised us as sharing love equally and help each other and, and take care of each other, you know, have each other's back. And that's always been our foundation. So we do things, if we do it together, we do it together. If we do it separate, we do it separate. We always put our 100% integrity into it. We do our best that we can. And, and But I think that's what we do also when we're even with without each other. We're out there playing with other, you know, bandmates. We treat them like brothers. We treat them like we want to be treated. So, no, there, there was no reason to compete. I mean, we, we're doing the same thing. No, that's, um, good. that's great. That, that, there's nothing to compete about. You, you know, you do your, you do it your way, and I do it my way. We're two separate, you know, spirits. So, um, but it's wonderful when, when we put the two spirits together because we go back to our roots. For example. Uh, we got back to Unite with uh, Jeff Tate when we did the Queen's Rag tour right. for two years. Right. And it was just so natural and it was really a lot of fun just, uh, you know, sharing the same, you know, the stage like we did back in the day. But, you know, that's no difference. The only difference is, yeah, we're playing uh, songs in a bigger audience, but the, the, the love and the music will always be there. Right. When we're together, yeah. we share that. We sh we smile. We feel that it's like, yeah, you know, we we encourage each other, and uh, yeah, yeah. That that's, that's that was good. always, you know, my impression of of uh, the and, and and you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get not have to, but I would love it if you could at some point uh, kind of connect me up with Rudy because I would love to do an episode with Rudy as well. Um, I think it, it, his his story is is pretty amazing as well. Um, but you know how when I, I know that when you uh, when when you 
played with Queensryche. Um, Queensryche is a is an iconic heavy metal band. <clears throat> uh, they're not just another you know uh, glam band that was out there you know playing. They they created their own following that was pretty pretty impressive. Do you? When you so I, I guess let me let me go back and let me let me ask how were you introduced to uh, kind of joining in with some of these iconic bands like that like I mean with Hurricane with with Queens Queensrÿche did you seek that out did you uh, kind of you know uh, lobby to get into these bands were you just asked to be in the bands did you kind of fall into it because of a, a gig? I mean, how, how did that all come about? How did you become part of that? Well, I was just doing the same thing I did when I was in Miami, uh, being 12 years old, 11 years old. Um, for instance, I'll, I'll give you, it's all, you know, it's all connecting the dots. Um, I, let me just go back a little further back. In the 70s. Well, there was Quiet Riot uh, there, too, that was part of that as well. Because I know Kevin... Let me go back, yeah. Lee. I, Lee, I got to go further Yeah, back. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Back, you know, uh, Lee and I, we've been in the industry for a long time. We were playing a lot of the venues in uh, Florida. And we just exhausted the whole venue. And also, Frankie Benelli was playing down there with us. So we had a band called Lizard. It was a three-piece rhythm section, and we had a singer. And uh, we would do songs like we would warm up to King Crimson, 21st Century. Oh, wow. That's a new name. Kind of progressive, but always passionate with Led Zeppelin. And um, so we had a singer, Johnny Ventura, from uh, up north. Oh, yeah. That actually, uh, Ronnie James John, uh, Ronnie James Dio, we Dio's, used to talk yeah. about uh, yeah. Johnny Ventura. Because yeah. I think he had a band called The Vagrants. <laughs> I think that was the name of the band. So great singers. But uh, I think we did one or two shows with that. And then we just kind of went into other things. We were always busy playing. Always constantly playing. I mean, you can. In Florida back in the day, it was a lot of gigs. So, um, so anyway, Rudy and I had this other band with another singer and a drummer. So we decided to go up north and we went up north to Utica, New York to start writing and recording um, a record and we were up there living uh, that whole uh, idea fell apart so I stayed in New Jersey Rudy asked me if I wanted to continue with him he was going to go and do this other thing that he found and they needed a guitar player he asked me and I, and I, I turned it down because I want to sustain New York City and and record. I wanted to get into doing albums, and I felt that I could do it. So that's when we split up. This must have been a 1976, uh, something like that. He stayed mm -hmm. a little bit with me and uh, and um, and Susie, which we were dating at the time. I ended up we getting married. Um, so um, I started banging in all the doors in uh, New York City, office doors. Uh, that had anything with, to do with music. I would walk into Manhattan and I would go to every tall building and I would look at the index on the wall and I'd see anything with music. I would go there and, you know, wow. offer my services. Wow. So one of the papers that I read, The Village Voice, uh, one guy from Todd Grunger was looking for a guitar player. That guitar player, I went to the audition to get that gig and they turned me on to a gig that he was leaving 
which was already signed to Arista Records, and Jimmy Iovine was producing it. And I didn't know any, you know, I didn't know Jimmy's name then, and I, I was just following my intuition, my my lead, my energy. I felt like, okay, keep going, keep going. So I ended up getting that audition. I ended up getting that gig. Two weeks later, I'm at the record plant with Tom Pinanzio and uh, and uh, Jimmy Iovine producing the record with Dio Byron. We were on Arista. Mm-hmm. This is in 1979. Yeah. So uh, nothing was going on in L.A. There was no, you know, they, these people, all these other bands were trying to get signed. So I get into a working project. It was Union Scale. We, we went out on tour uh, in 1980. The record was released in 1980. Clive Davis was given a big push. We, and then uh, he put us out on tour and doing arenas with, um, with uh, Bob Seger. And that oh, really wow. escalated the whole thing. So here we are doing, you know, arenas in our 20s. And um, we did that for about a month or so. And our uh, video started getting a lot of play. We were getting play between HBO movies. They didn't have MTV then. Right. And right. Um, so anyway, I did that for about a couple of years. And um, Randy Rose has the accent. He dies. And Rudy calls me and see if I'm available and if I was um, into maybe going to Los Angeles because Ozzy asked him to. So Ozzy gets on the phone and we talked and um, he flew me immediately that next morning to Los Angeles. And I was here in Los Angeles for about uh, 10 days rehearsing with him and learning. I was just learning something that I had in a cassette recorder. In the plane, and um, and when I got here, uh, I started just bouncing the songs into my brain and, and and learning exactly how Randy played it live. Yeah. So he comes back from David Letterman show. I think like a week later or ten days later. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> and we rehearsed, and he says, uh, "You want to finish the tour? You, you know, you want to do the Blizzard Rock?" And I say, "Well, yeah, that's why I'm here." Um, so I was hired and, uh, and then next day we were packing up to go back. They were doing the masses. We were going to do the Madison square garden, which was, you know, my backyard pretty much in New Jersey. Right, right. Um, so Sharon tells me in the morning, she said, uh, her father had called her and had sent Bernie, uh, Torme, I think was his name, a guitar player. He hired him and he paid him for the tour. Wow. So I, they cannot use me. After they already hired me, they cannot use me. So I said, I, it's fine. I totally understand. So it, it wasn't that kind of a like, oh, wow, what a, you know, what a bummer of, you know, losing that gig. It, it was kind of a, a, a very stressful place to be, especially because I was with my brother. I saw the pain that he was going through. I saw the band's pain that they were going through. Yeah. Uh, it was really sad. It was just a sad situation to see Ozzy going through that and Sharon. And I mean, they love Randy. And uh, it wasn't just losing a guitar player, but it was losing my brother's best friend. And, right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I went back to Jersey that, you know, flew back, I guess, with all of them. I don't even remember. And um, anyway, um, I... Um, I went to see them in the Madison Square Garden. That show, they 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 had me go with them, and uh, we all hung out before the show, and then after the show, and, uh, and that was it. 
And uh, and people have asked me, well, why didn't I, you know, let them know that you know to get back into that uh, to that uh, band? But um, like even my brother told me the other day, he goes, yeah, but he was leaving. He was not happy not being there with Randy. Right. So yeah, it was it, it was not a good place to be. So a lot of things were going on. So I just went on. Uh, but I loved Los Angeles so much that. I sold the house that I had already in Paramus, New Jersey, took my son and my wife, Susie, and moved here and had to start from scratch all over again because back then I already had built you know, a name for myself. I was getting called from Jamie Iovine and I was doing sessions for other people uh, uh, and soundtrack for a Times Square movie, Robert Stickwood. So I gave all that up and I came here and started from scratch because I didn't have, there was no cell phones, there was no Facebook, you cannot be in touch right. with anybody. So that meant a brand new phone number, that means losing all my contacts and I had met uh, Tony Cavazzo through Kevin DeBro when I was right. here. Right, Kevin, I know and, Kevin introduced you to uh, to uh, Tony. Yes, yeah. and, and that's how Hurricane got started. Right. I was putting hurricane i had the name hurricane because in my mind from her all the hurricanes i went through in miami growing up so like, well, that's a pretty interesting name uh i like the h and uh, uh so anyhow um i connected with uh with tony again and by that time his brother was working with my brother already and but they hadn't gone on tour yet mm -hmm. so they had no idea what you know how big it was going to be so anyway, Tony and I, we started writing, and we wrote that song, Hurricane. So uh, and yeah, I did the same thing. Now, going to, you asked me about uh, Queensryche. My brother recommended me to Jeff Tate, mm -hmm. and uh, that's how he, he said, Robert can do it, and you can rely on him. That's, and that's how I connected with Jeff Tate. Yeah. And then we talked, and then I started learning the material. And I knew those guys because when we even were on tour in Seattle, they came to see us and they hung out with us back in the 80s. You know, we hurricane. Um, so, but we, you know, it wasn't the kind of thing we would talk in the phone constantly. Now, you know, you hang out with, you know, other bands that, you know, you kind of are in the same feel and the same interest. And then you go into the next, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. So it's a new tour. And the way to connect with other bands is either opening up or have them open up for you. And you guys do a tour like we did with Striper. And we really got, we became a family. You really get to know each other really well. You get to know their kids, their wives, their family. You're having lunch with them every day, breakfast most of the time. So, and the evening performance, you share the same stage. So, um, right. yeah, it becomes a family. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, so, that's a that's uh, but that's how Hurricane got started. That that's uh that's interesting. I know that that um there there were so many big players around you at that time. Um, that I mean, you know, e even uh some of the stuff that you did with uh, some of the producers that that did Saturday Night Fever and and Sergeant Pepper's and you know some of those others. Uh, I, I mean, it, it you you you've brushed. Rub shoulders with a lot of the the big time people in this industry that that made um, music and and art that had shaped our our world. At, you know, as we you know, I, I say kids, but we were we were growing up, and th these were all things that 
that now we can point back to and go, oh, I remember, I remember that. I remember this. I remember those. I mean, it, it's amazing how that that all kind of happened. Now, so I'm going to mention um, just just because, and and you can tell me we can we can always edit this out if we need to. So that's not a problem. But uh, I know that that there was a project that Hurricane did in 2001 called Liquifury, and you were not part of that project. Uh, is, is was that something you just decided you didn't want to be a part of? Um, was there, was there something behind that that just kind of didn't click with you or, or how, how did, how did that come about or not come about for you? Who else was in the band besides Kelly? Do you know? Uh, at that time? No, I don't know who that was. I know that, that, I mean, certainly, yeah. Um, Tony wasn't in it, was he? Was Tony? Yeah, in it? I, I mean, so. I don't know. There were there was Kelly, there was Sean, Sean Manning, Doug Aldrich, uh, Michael Guy, yeah. um, Jay Shellen, a um, bunch of others. I don't know who I all. I know did nothing. That. I know nothing. Yeah, I know. I know nothing of that album. Uh, I never looked into it either. Um, you know, like I said before, uh, the sound of Hurricane back in the eighties, what people know of. When mm-hmm. we were touring and doing the arenas, that was me and Tony. That 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 right. formula, yeah. That you know that rhythm section that that just in, it's edgy. Uh, Tony and I, we when you put the two pieces together, those two components, it, it's very heavy. It's very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I play I play very aggressive and, and kind of almost like intense and angry. Mm-hmm. And that's how I release my emotions. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. They just feel feel things differently. What I, everybody has their own swag, and what I my swag is being very intense. Right. No, right? totally. I, I know that from your plan. Why, that's why, and that's why I keep my amplifiers on stage loud. I want to feel that intensity. I want to feel the sound kicking my butt. When I do that low harmonic, I want that damn sound to just push me. And by pushing me, it's going back into my feedbacks and it's going back out again into the audience and and create that figure eight. Right. I want the audience to feel what I'm feeling because I want to feel what they're feeling because of what I'm feeling. So it's kind of like a a vibration, you know, thing. Yeah. That we're all connected together. You play off each other. And when Tony... We play all totally, and when Tony and I we do that, we play off each other, and we. Uh, but that to me is the sound of hurricane, and hurricane is it's a damn storm of wind and and sound and rain and stuff like that, which is to me is emotion. So I think that's probably why I like the name hurricane because that's the closest thing that I can think of in a word that is that sound. Yeah, that that drives you uh, from top to bottom. Goes goes the the whole gambit. Yeah. So, so I'm going to mention. But then I, I'm going to. But wait, wait, wait. But then, yeah, no go ahead. I, I got to add. Lee. Go but ahead. Then there's also there's a light, passionate side of Hurricane. There's a gentle side also. Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, which is the love, and that feeling. But there's also the aggressive part of it, and that you're going to hear in the new record. It's going to be a really innocent part. Of Hurricane, that if you listen to It's Only Heaven, we had that, that song back in the day, and that's a really gentle song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's still going to keep the same formula. It's the same. It's who we are. So you're going back to your old roots of 
what hurricane no, was all about. No, we're just being ourselves. Yeah. No, yeah, well, we're just being yeah. ourselves. So when you when you put Tony and I together in a room, that's what we come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. who we are. We're not, we're not forcing it out. We're not faking. We're not writing for radio. We're not writing like, oh, this is a format. We got to have the chorus here. We got to have so many seconds of the intro. That was a format that we had to, you know, kind of follow in the '80s sometimes for radio play. Mm-hmm. And right. um, so we never wanted to fall into that. That's why we were. Hurricane was never a poppy band like like nee, 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 you know, just kind of. One, four, five. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Well, there was a definite. And, there was a definite formula that that came out of the eighties. That uh, that that uh, you, if you wanted to be in main radio play as a pop artist, you had to follow that formula. So otherwise, it just didn't. And we didn't follow that. We didn't want to be part of that. Actually, the record deal that we have with Enigma with Capital Records Distribution was that the band will actually always have the artistic control. And that was in the contract. That's and I awesome. want to always make sure that was in there yeah. because we wanted to be who we are. Don't tell us how to do what we do, how we're going to feel it. It's like, hell no. Right. That's not what it's all about. And you know what? Uh, it can hurt you also because that means you're not going to be making as much royalties or record sales because you're not falling into that style mm-hmm. um, of airplay because, you know, airplay it's what gets the band to sell records. Right. The, you know, you drill that song in people's heads for so many days, so many hours a day, that they're going to want to go out and hear more. They want to yeah, buy, buy it. They want to own it. Yeah. yeah, they buy it. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, we weren't, we didn't, yeah, we didn't want to fall into that groove. Uh, we were like, no, no, let's just stay. This is what we're doing. So, you know, we, like songs, it's only heaven. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics and the melody and, what the song is about. It's a ballad. It's it's a very gentle, beautiful song. And um, th- that's how we were creating. And that's what, you know, I'll, I keep creating. And I write things that actually won't even really fit sometimes Hurricane. And, um, and I'll play for everybody. And then we decide if that's something we want to use. It's not going to represent Hurricane. And uh, I'll save it for something else, you know. But... All writers are like that. I've read the Paul McCartney. He's written stuff for other people because he didn't feel that it was something that he wanted to release under his brand. Right. So, right. so he'd, he'd offered it to to others to to go out and do it. Many people don't realize this, and, yeah. and uh, um, it's something worth worth mentioning. I think to to people that don't realize um, the 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 two people that really make. Uh, money off of a song uh, when it's written are the writer and the publisher. Those are the people that make royalties. The people that that right. play the music, that actually perform the music, are not getting royalties every time the song is played, unless they're written into the contract to get that. But in general... Or if they're... Oh wait, hold on, Lee. Or unless if they are a... Um, one of the funding members or one of the main members of right. the band. Right, 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 right. They can get they can get sound they can get sound exchange. Right. Which is new, fairly yeah. new. Yeah. That uh, is new. I think yeah. it's been around less than ten years. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really interesting because people think that, you know, every time a band uh you know plays a song that that they necessarily get, you know, lots of so so a, a really good example of this is the song Blinded by the Light. So uh, that song was written by Bruce Springsteen 
and was performed by him and recorded by him uh, many years before it was recorded by Manfred Mann, who made it popular. And uh, uh, Manfred Mann's, you know, performance rights that he would get paid for are one thing, but every single time that song appears on the radio or is played somewhere where it's it's legitimate, that's a little chunk of change that goes to, to Bruce Springsteen because he wrote the song. So, you know, yeah. people don't realize that's how this music industry works. It's not, you know, you could, yeah. you, and like you said, now it's, it's relatively new that you get sound exchange, but, but the, the reality is, is if you write a song and that song becomes popular and it's played over and over and over, it doesn't matter who plays it. You get a chunk of change out of yeah. that because it's your work. You know, you, you created it yeah. and it, it's not, it's not yeah. someone else's man for man didn't create blinded by the light. He created that, that version of it and that yeah. arrangement of it, but he yeah. didn't, he didn't write the song. Yeah. So Bruce gets a, a, a little chunk of change every time that happens. But a lot of people don't realize that and, and, then, and it's important. But then the artist gets also the mechanicals, which is for people who don't know, that is the uh, the performer. So you can get that as well from the record sales, right. uh, from the master. Yeah, and that's another yeah way of making money. You know, uh, it's your own version. And if it sells, then yeah, you're good. You're making some money. Right, because you get a, as long as people piece. buy your record. Exactly, people, and that's the that's the bottom line. Is as long as they as long as they are buying the record, then you're good. But just hearing a performance of it on the radio doesn't mean that you're going to get paid for it. It's got to be people that are buying the right. album. So now that, this is something that I, I want to tell the audience before I go, um, the, the listeners. If you love an artist, if you love a band, and you want them to continue working to be able to bring you new music. You have to pay for the product. Don't just take it from your friend right. or download it illegally because what you're doing by doing that, the artist is not going to be able to eat and pay his medical insurance and right. pay for a roof over his head so he can bring you the songs and the music that you are enjoying. Right. So, you have to give back. If you want to take some, take some, but you have to give back. Yeah. You have to give and take, give and take, because you're not allowing the artist then to work. You got to support the, only the artist. Way we make yeah. money. Yeah. You have to support the artist, and not just by going to see them live, because when they're going to see live, when you go and see an artist, they had to pay for flights, they had to pay for transportation. They had to, you the know, crew. ground transportation, yeah. and that yeah. is the crew, the agent, the manager, and if they have an attorney. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just by the time the artist gets paid, it's not what you think it is. So yeah. um, you have to buy the the downloads. Right. Just buy it. it. 99 cents. You love the artist. You want him to continue to write another song like that and record it. Just Spend the money. What is it going to do? You know, yeah, don't. On. Yeah, it, and, it's cheaper than going out for coffee. Yeah, don't be a cheap ass and and you know steal it from somebody else and copy it from somebody else. Just, I mean, if it's ninety, I, most everything today is is ninety nine cents or a buck ninety nine or something like that. It's like, give me a break. If yeah. you like the music and you really like the artist, then the bottom line is is that you need to support that artist. That's the that's the important part. You have to. So. Two more quick questions, to. and then I'm going to let you go. I know we've been on now for, what, uh, a little more than an hour. Um, and uh, and I know your time is, is important as well. I'm sure you got things to do. But 
Um, but let me. Yeah, man, I gotta go to the beach. I'm right here in the water, and the sun is just really. <laughs> hey, I gotta come to your. I gotta come gotta... to your boat someday and sit sit out, and we gotta just chat <laughs> chat on the boat, dude. I haven't been there, so I know you live on a yeah. boat, and I've always I've always known that. But we're gonna have to do that at some point in time. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I haven't been doing it all my life either. It's just up to, it was one of those things that I wanted to do as a child, and now I'm able to do it. So yeah. I, I'm That's loving awesome. it. It's almost almost ten years doing it, and uh, you know, someday I'll go back and land too, and then I'll go back in the boat. And but for now, yeah, it's great, especially for writing. It's great. But go go ahead and uh, finish. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. I, I will. We'll we'll talk about that more offline too. I know that uh, Robert and I are friends on Facebook as well. So so I, I and I love some of the stuff you've been posting recently too. It's great. Um, but a, a quick question. I'm going to mention something, and you tell me how this all came about. So tell me about the hiss. The movie, The Hiss. What hit? The Hiss. hiss. Oh, The Hiss. Yeah, H-I-S-S. Uh, Alex Bumaheim. <laughs> oh, The Hiss. I thought you meant uh, H-I-T, yes. Uh, yeah, that's a buddy of mine that was scoring that movie that I have been also uh, playing with, Alex Bumaheim. And uh, he wanted me to play on uh, and contribute on some of the, uh, the sounds, uh, music for that movie. And... Um, yeah, it came out really well. That's a crazy movie. That's a really fun and, movie. And the collector uh, too, right? The collector, same same guy that did actually, Saw four, five, six, uh, all of those. Yeah. He, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I scored half of that movie, so that's a lot of my uh, killing sounds in there. Uh, the scene at the end with the orchestra with the uh, the vehicle flipping all over. I think it was an ambulance. I haven't seen it in a, a few years, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I I wrote that on MIDI guitar synthesizers, and and then they wanted an. I hire a violinist to play the part that I have already created on the guitar, uh, playing you know with MIDI guitar, which mm -hmm. is a musical instrument digitally interface, um, that actually translates that signal. You can run synthesizers, which duplicate sounds of orchestras, and right. some of them were uh, actually the, when you listen to that track. It's the uh, the MIDI guitar that I'm using, and also the uh, the actual real violin. So when you mix them both together, it sounds great. I love orchestra. I love the uh, cellos, and so anyway, yeah. Um, I I love creating for for films. Uh, I did another one also that I heard uh, Hurricane perform on it. Um, it's an Elvis uh, cover, and that was a movie with Chris Slater and Gary Oldman called Guns, Girls, and Gambling. Oh, and um, yeah. the scene that Gary Oldman is in the uh, Vegas uh, casino, he goes up and does karaoke. That's actually Hurricane uh, playing the soundtrack. <laughs> really? <Yeah>, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's not amazing. many people know that, but yeah, and that was on the theater. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of cool when you create, and and then you hear it in in the big screen in the theater, and the sound is just massive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. It okay. brings you back to when you were, you know, in, in in the space creating it and recording it, and then you hear it in the big speakers, and uh, that's always a lot. Amazing. That's real for me. That's amazing. That's still live. So, the, so I want to do more of that. Actually, well, that that'd be I, good. I really uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm going to go back and watch these just so that I can hear the 
the music again. It's it's been a long time since I've watched either of those movies, so um, I want to go back and, and check them out just to see what they're like. So, um, so the last question I'm going to ask you before we close out here is um, more about you and and your um, looking back at your career. So the question that I I tend to ask all different artists is. If you had an opportunity to do anything differently, different career, different way of managing your career, different something different, if there's anything or, or is there anything that you would do differently if you had it to do all over again? Uh, well, I would not pick a different career. If, if I would do that, I would be doing something already by now. The only difference is that I wish I had had some of my mentors that I had when I was growing up in the industry. And I wish I had the ability to have continued to stay in touch with them like people have now through uh, cell phones. And there, there was different situations that I got different offers in my past. And I really would have liked if I had somebody more advanced in the industry, music industry, to bounce off, you know, different strategies that I was at the moment uh, offered. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had to just pretty much do it on my own. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. But, you know, you get to a certain level that sometimes you need advice from really good knowledgeable people that you can trust right and um i i didn't i did not have that and uh you know but yeah you've done all right you go well what if yeah you've done all right as it is so yeah, who know who knows how yeah, much how much different that would have made i had you know other opportunities also even after hurricane and uh i told this uh, routes and I kind of wonder what if I had continued doing that and then done the other one you know it's just about options mm -hmm. and um, when you can only see as far as you can but if you had talked to somebody else that already had been through it and looked at it in a different way right that might have helped me also to you know be able to stay on track the way I wanted to be on track I'm not saying that I, there is no right, no wrong. It's just that it's just curiosity. Sometimes, you know, everybody in any um, time, uh, they go, what if? That's very common. Yeah. What if? We're humans. Yeah. Sure. What if? What if I did that? So anyway, uh, yeah, you just don't know. But you know what? I am thankful and blessed that I'm still here and I'm still playing what I love to play and and there's listeners out there so I feel very lucky that, so tell uh, us tell us when is uh, out there sorry didn't didn't mean to cut you off I was gonna say um, I know this new project that you're doing um, so tell us when we can expect to hear that new music dropping in the the digital world do you have a date in mind well it's it, it's the new old project. <laughs> if you go around in a circle, you come back. Uh, yeah, I mean we're we're just gonna now we're in the uh, mixing mode, and uh, we're gonna be 
I'm sure dropping a video. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff. We have, you know, management that is really um, great and uh, and I trust and great ideas. And also we have the right agent that's working with us. So I, next year I'm expecting to be working a lot with Hurricane, doing a lot of, you know, nice shows, good shows and being, you know, with the audience. We like to meet the audience. And we did that even though uh, COVID uh, was with us and still is. Um, but we, we, you know, for example, when we did this uh, Rock Timber show, we were out, we went out to the uh, the merch booth and we wanted to meet our audience. We were there. Um, we enjoy that. It, it, we're not forced to do that. We, we wanted to do that. So we love people. So right. we will continue doing that. And yeah, and I'm expecting to be like I said, busy next year. So that's we're pretty much done with this phase of the music. So now it's mixing and uh, start dropping, you know, new uh, songs that people already have heard two of them already at this venues and don't change your love. And the other one is behind your shadow. Then um, and then we we got a cover that people have heard that too. And we have some new ones that no one has heard of, but uh, they will be hearing that pretty soon. Well, we're going to, um, I'm going to link to um, some of Robert's uh, stuff that I can find uh, in the description here. We're going to, um, I'm going to link to Hurricane. I, I think I, I think you guys do have a website that's that's up there. I didn't actually look for that, but uh, um, I want to well, make sure. we don't sure. have a website. We're, we're, we're in social media through uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never, never felt that I wanted to get a uh, or or us, I should say. I mean, I say I because I'm the one that's speaking right now. But uh, yeah, do we need a website? Eh, maybe not. Not with today's social media. A lot of people just you know live on the social media side, which is great because people can connect with you through that anyway. And and it's more, it's probably more updated than a website would ever be unless you've got somebody that's, you know, constantly updating your website. So, you know, that, that's a different, different story altogether. But the, uh, the reality is it's all about, you know, reaching out to your fans and which is something I know you love to do. And if they can kind of get the latest, greatest information from you all the time, then, you know, uh, through, right. So that's through Facebook. So yeah, Facebook, people people message me and eventually I get to see it. (laughs) So I go, Oh geez. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, I am the one that writes back. I don't have someone doing it for me. Right. And that's why it takes me a little longer. I just want everyone to understand if they write. Uh, it might take a little while, but it's coming from me. It's not my wife or my children or or my uh, little doggies. I mean, I'm the one that's doing it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm writing the music. I'm, I'm playing. I'm performing. I'm changing my clear tone strings on my guitar <laughs> and tuning my guitars or I, I do I do all my adjustments on my guitar, so I do my own necks. Oh, you Sometimes don't have do you don't have a guitar wiring. tech, huh? Uh, I I do, but I do it the way I want to do it. Yeah, and then I got to teach them how to do it the way I want to do it. <laughs> See, everybody has their own way of doing things because when you're on the road, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. I, I had a tech, but uh, sometimes I know more than the tech. Right. Of who I am and how I want it. Right. They don't set the strings. They don't set the, the necks the way I want it. Right. Who better than me? I mean, yeah. I pack my own parachute. Okay. So, how, how much work does Avery uh, do for if you? If something goes wrong. 
What's that? How much work does Avery do for you when you're on the road? My wife? Yeah. She does a lot. She takes care of uh, our place here a lot. Um, you know, she, she's not involved in my music. Um, and I, I respect that because she knows I, I have my thoughts, my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. If she hears something and she she feels that it's not the direction I should be taking, she, you know, I, I, I have her tell me. And that's good. I like that. I yeah. need that. She's not a, not afraid uh, to speak up and let you know. That's good. No, no, and I like that. Uh, I, you know, my mother would do the same. You know, my my close friends would do the same. Right, so right. that to me is someone that really knows you. Right. So, but you know, the business and the creativity, you know, well, that's all my insanity. That's just all my my thoughts. But uh, well, keep it up, my friend. You, know, you you're. Uh, you're an inspiration to, to a lot of us that are that are either former or current musicians that uh, that do this, you know, for a living. And uh, and for those of you out there listening, that if you haven't seen Robert, <clears throat> pardon me, perform, uh, you, you need to uh, for sure. You, you will not find somebody or not find a lot of people that connect to music uh, the way that Robert does. So I'm looking forward to the new album. Looking forward to seeing you live again. Um, I know that that uh, now that COVID is starting to kind of loosen up a little bit, um, you know, we're starting to get back out there. So now's the time to go support these shows and, and support the artists. And like Robert had mentioned, don't be a cheapskate. You know, buy the music. If you enjoy the music, buy the music. If you don't enjoy it, don't buy it. But don't steal it. Uh, you're you're not you're not doing anyone any favors uh, other than yourself. And so don't be selfish. Get out there and. And find the music that you love, support the artists that you love, and and you know show them that support by paying them for the work that they do. Because this is not the fantasy world of money for nothing. It's it's not money for nothing. It's a lot of work, day in day out. Like Robert had said earlier, you know it's it's twenty four seven. You you live it, breathe it, eat it. Uh, you're you're doing yeah, it every and, single day. And mm. at any level, if you see uh, a street musician on a sidewalk performing and you're enjoying what he's, he or she is doing, throw, throw a little cash, throw a little love in that, you know, bucket. Yeah. Help them because obviously they want to continue doing what they're doing. They're not just doing it just to, you know, yeah, they're not doing it just to put a smile on your face. <laughs> they're doing it because they want to make yeah, some money. They need yeah. Help. yeah. Yeah. They got to eat so they can do it again tomorrow. So yeah, share the love. That's all I can say. Share the love. Absolutely. Peace and love. Well, thank right, you, thank you so much, uh, Robert. It's been great talking to you. I appreciate you uh, deciding to come on. I, 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 I had a long time ago thought about reaching out to you, and I'm glad I did um, because I think it's it's awesome for people to learn about you and and uh, your world and and how you got involved in this. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on t- with me today. Oh, my pleasure, Lee. And uh, yeah, for those who want to get in touch with us, you can either hit me up personally on Facebook. But also get into and like Hurricane. Yeah. Hurricane, the 80s rock band on Facebook. It'll have the logo of Hurricane. And uh, yeah, it's all liking there. And uh, yeah, uh, that would be great. Uh, We're really excited and uh, looking forward to seeing you all very soon again. You take care and have a great weekend. All right, my brother. Yeah, stay safe. Glad you're healthy. Say hi to Avery for me and and, uh, make sure that uh, you enjoy that time on the boat there, even if I'm not there. <laughs> I will, brother. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Bye. my friend. Thank you so much. 
And uh, for those of you that are that are uh, still listening with us, thank you so much for taking the time to to be here again. Uh, reach out to to us also on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash real artist stories. You can follow us at 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 real artist story. And it's not stories because Twitter didn't allow us to use that many letters uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're on virtually every uh, uh, podcast uh, platform that you can find out there. Um, and if you have any questions that you'd like us to send uh, or to the artists or reach out to the artists with, uh, you can send me an email uh, at realartiststories at gmail.com. And uh, we'll, of course, uh, if they're appropriate, we'll ask those questions to people. So, again, I thank Robert for spending the time today. Uh, it's been awesome, and I'm hoping to to get some more information from him as well. I'll definitely link to some of his stuff down in the description. So, with that, be good humans. Be good to each other. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. And if you do, catch it on video and send it to me so that I don't need the audio. I just need the video. I'll do the audio myself. Everything's cool there. <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it. Peace. Peace.